around this joint. Around this joint. Around this joint. Around this joint. Please be advised that this story contains mature themes and strong language. And it's not suitable for kids 17 and under. Uh-huh. That's right. I'm watching you. Colleen, Drew's girlfriend of six years, is seated in a small room at the Charleston County Jail. She's in her mid-fifties with a warm sienna skin tone and bold ginger hair. Although her overall appearance is beautiful, her facial features are stern and cold. Sitting next to her is Drew's attorney, Gary McNabb. A corrections officer escorts Drew into the room. He's wearing a white jumpsuit with the words county inmate on the back. His feet are shackled together and his hands are cuffed in front of him. His hair is disheveled and it looks like he hasn't slept in days. But his eyes brighten up when he sees Colleen and Gary. He flops down into the empty chair across the table from them as the CO closes the door and leaves. <sighs> Colleen, Gary, I'm so glad that you're both here. I can't believe I had to sit in this place all weekend. Am I getting out of here today? How much is my bail? Hello, Drew. Unfortunately, you won't know how much bail is until your arraignment. Okay, well, when is that? It was scheduled for this morning, but I was able to get it postponed until you can secure legal counsel. What are you talking about? You are my legal counsel. Drew, I'm not sure how to tell you this, so I'm going to just say it. I'm no longer able to represent you. You need to find a new lawyer. What? Gary, don't play with me, especially not now. I'm sorry, but with you in here and the acquisition taking place, my firm and your executive board both agree that me representing you in a criminal case is a conflict of interest, especially with Braddock Architecture and Associates also being my client. What the hell do you mean? I am Braddock Architecture and Associates. There's no company without me. I'm your client. Technically, I represent you on a personal level and your company separately on a business level. The criminal charges are against Andrew Braddock Sr., not the company. Okay, so can we just have someone else at your firm take on my case? Unfortunately, you're no longer a client of my firm. But as a courtesy, we have decided to retain your company. <laughs> as a courtesy? Do you know what, Gary? This is bullshit. Me nor my company will be in need of your services. You and your firm are fired. I'll figure this one out myself. Drew, I'm not sure how much you know, but as of right now, you don't have that authority. What? Honey, please calm down. I think you should take a breath. How the hell can I be calm? I'm in jail and my lawyer is saying there's nothing he can do to help me. It's not really Gary's fault. Please just let him explain. Well, go ahead then. Explain. Vincent called me on Friday when everything happened. The detectives walked into your office with a search warrant while the meeting was still going on. 
the board, investors, and leaders of the companies being acquired were all made aware of what happened with your assistant and your possible involvement. That's why Vince called me so many times. Vincent closed out the meeting because concerns were escalating, and he didn't want the deal to go south. Once news of your arrest and the charges got out, the board called an emergency operation meeting on Saturday. You have been placed on unpaid administrative leave, and Vincent is standing in as the interim CEO. My firm had to decide between representing you on this case or continuing to oversee the merger and acquisitions. <clears throat> is the deal still on? As of right now, all companies except one are willing to reconvene later this week to finalize the paperwork. Drew, they've completely blocked you from accessing anything. Vincent said everyone has been instructed not to share any information or speak with you without company lawyers present. How can they do this to me? I mean, I built my business. I selected that board. I secured every investor. I mean, no one even waited to talk to me. I mean, this is... This is just bullshit. I haven't done anything wrong. At the end of the day, this is why you have us in place. To protect your company and ensure operations aren't negatively impacted. And everyone is just doing what they believe is best. Because no one really knows if you've done anything wrong or not yet. What the hell did you just say? I mean, we just don't really know if... Drew begins standing up. Gary immediately extends an arm towards him to try and calm him down. He places his other hand on top of Colleen's hands that are on the table. Colleen grabs a hold of Gary's hands, as if instinctively. Drew sees their hands intertwined and pauses. Colleen, can you leave, please? Drew, what she meant was... Colleen, leave. Honey, I wasn't trying I to... I said... Get the fuck out now. Look, I know you have a lot to process right now. How long have you two been screwing around? Who, me? With Colleen? Drew, now come on. You should know better. I ruined my marriage with her, Gary. I know what it looks like when she's been fucking someone. So, how long? Since the summer, right after your big 4th of July party. You son of a bitch. Goodbye, Gary. Look, I wanted to tell you earlier, but you thought it was best to wait until after last week. Then Christmas is this week, and now all of this is going on. You know, you don't need to say anything else. Thank you for your services. Goodbye. Do you want me to put some fillers out? Maybe I can find someone reputable to pick up your case. Drew doesn't say anything else. He just sits there, glaring at Gary. After a few seconds, Gary gets up and walks out of the door, looking ashamed. The CO comes back into the room and escorts Drew out. Later in the day, Drew is walking into the inmate common area. There are tables and benches bolted to the floor. Men of various ages and ethnicities are seated and standing all around, talking and interacting with each other. 
Drew scans the room and sees an empty table. He walks over towards it and sits down. Suddenly, a loud argument and a violent fist fight breaks out between two men across the room. As they fight, others crowd around and cheer him on. After a few minutes, COs rush in and begin aggressively shoving folks around and breaking up the fight. The men involved in the fight are detained and removed. The chaos calms down and everyone returns to their previous activities. Smokey, an older inmate, has been across the room watching Drew. Smokey is in his late 60s with smooth, creamy, deep chocolate skin and a coarse silver-colored afro. Born and raised in Charleston, and he has a thick Gullah Geechee accent with a deep, raspy voice. He walks over to Drew. Big guy, come over here and get away from them young boy over there with all that moss. You mind if I sit down? No. Go ahead. Mind if I smoke? Seeing as that you already are, I guess I don't mind. <laughs> the name's Smokey. On account of this raspy voice and the fact I've been smoking since I've been about 11. I'm Drew. Nice to meet you. So, what came first, the voice or the smokes? My mama say I woke up one day around the age of five, sounding like a swallow frog. Then when I was about 11, my uncle gave me a cigar for working on a car with him. And the rest? It is what it is. <laughs> Well, I don't have a cool story about my name like you do. Drew is short for Andrew. That's about it. Okay, Drew. Solid name. I saw the CO bring you in. You coming from seeing the judge? Boy, I can tell by your face and what all bought for you. What you in here for? Well, I saw my lawyer. Hopefully I'll see the judge soon. Unfortunately, I'm in here for something that I didn't do <laughs> yeah okay everybody in here for something you ain't do just ask around but i really didn't do anything though <laughs> so what else you say you ain't do you know what smoky is it i don't feel like talking about it <sighs> that's cool we can sit here and not talk I ain't know how to vibe, as the young boy see. So, well, what was that fight all about? Oh, one of them boy over there jokey, don't know how to talk low. That mom been sleeping, they woke him up. They were fighting because someone was talking too loud. No, nah, them boy been boxing because they woke him up. I don't follow. I can tell this your first bid. So let me school you there. In here, ain't too many freedoms. You got mine all around in your face, in your space pile up like them fish on them. Don't see old tell you what to do. Tell you when to shower, tell you when to eat, when you can go call your old lady. Anything you want or need that she ain't got is going to cost you there, boy. You gon' pay. But that sleep, 
that sleep be free, and that sleep be freedom. So when you see a man sleeping, you leave him be, cause it's us, let him have that. See, when you're sleeping here, you can be anywhere you wanna be. But as soon as your ass woke, boy, your ass right back lock up a gun. I've been in and out these chill walls since I've been about 15. I'm telling you what I know. Hey, Braddock, you got a visitor. Come on. All right, Smokey. Gotta go. I'll catch up with you later. Be easy, Drew. I think I'm gonna go get me some sleep. Excuse me, officer. Do you know who's here to see me? It's your lawyer. Drew looks confused as he's escorted to the small visitation room. But when he sees who's seated at the table, a sense of calm and relief immediately comes over him. Sabrina is a beautiful mocha-colored black woman in her late 40s. She's about 5'10 with an athletic physique. She runs actively, and it shows. She's wearing a coral-colored pantsuit. Her blazer isn't too tight or revealing, but her toned figure can still be seen. Her hair is natural, pinned up in a curly pineapple. Her eyeglasses, earrings, and statement necklace are fashionable, yet practical. Her articulation and enunciation are filled with confidence and a hint of matter of fact when she speaks. She looks up from her phone as Drew enters and gives him a serious look. You told them you were my lawyer. I sure did. Once Vince called me and told me what went down Saturday night in the office, I knew you needed a damn good lawyer. Well, I'm glad he called. But I can't let you do this. I'll figure something else out. Hmm. Look, Drew, right now, I don't think you have many other options. I already spent the weekend clearing my caseload, so this is the only thing on my desk. The news outlets are blowing this thing up larger than life, larger than anything we could have imagined. And uh, looking at how quickly they arrested you, it's clear to me that the county prosecutor is going to try to put this to bed as fast as possible. If you want someone who's gonna fight on your behalf and not try to convince you to take a plea bargain, you've got to let me do this. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you're, uh, you're probably right about that. Not probably. I know I'm right. <laughs> I know, I know. Don't even say it. I'm always right, Andrew, and even when I'm wrong, I'm still right, so you better watch your step. Mm. I'm glad you still know it. So, I've got your arraignment rescheduled for tomorrow morning. You need to get up early. There'll be a suit delivered to you for you to change into. I need you to get out of that white jumpsuit. You need to look clean and polished. You know, like the businessman that you are. Court shouldn't take long. The judge will review your charges. The prosecutor will make a request regarding your bail. Then the judge will set your bail amount and possibly give instructions on house arrest. Once we post bail within a few hours, I'll need you to put that suit back on before you're processed out of here. There's likely going to be news cameras outside when I pick you up. So I need you to remember, keep your head down as you walk out. And by no means do not look into the camera and do not say a word, no matter what anyone yells at us. Drew, are you listening? Did you hear me? 
Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I heard you. Sabrina, I don't know how I got here. Hmm. Well, we're going to deal with the matters at hand, and that's to get you out of here. Then we're going to need to figure out what happened to poor Elisa. I can't believe she's gone. I mean, you showed me a picture of her, dead, right before they arrested me. I haven't been able to sleep. I don't even know how to feel right now. Well, actually, they were likely trying to get you to react like you were guilty already. So right now, we don't have time for feelings. We need to focus on the facts and use those facts to get you out of this mess. Bree, she died on Thursday, on December 18th. But Drew, don't you think I know when she died? And don't you think I know what day it's on, that it was Thursday? How could I not know? I wasn't saying you didn't know. All I was saying was... How dare you tell me anything about Thursday? You didn't even call me. It was the anniversary of Drina's death for crying out loud. And you never even bothered to check on me. I know. I'm sorry. I promise I had intentions on calling when I got home. The evening got the best of me, and I never made it home. Hmm. Well, good intentions don't mean a thing. Unless you follow through on them, you don't get any kudos for thinking and not doing. I apologize, Sabrina. It's fine, Andrew. Thank God our son came by to spend time with me. You can thank me for that one. Not God. I'm the one who raised him to always look out for you and take care of you. Hmm. Yeah, you may have started him off. But after you stopped being the example, thank God that AJ, our son, still does what he knows to do. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me, where was God seven years ago when my baby girl, our daughter, was laying on the floor, scared, alone, and dying? Where was he when lead after lead turned into dead ends and her case went cold? Where was he when Lizzie was being murdered in her own home by God knows who? Better yet, where is God now? While I'm sitting here behind bars, huh? About to lose everything that I've ever worked for. All right? So don't say anything else to me about God. What do you mean, where was God? Where was God? God was right here. He was here to comfort me when I cried myself to sleep every night, mourning over our daughter. God was here while you were out drinking. God and the church, they were here for us when our son blamed himself for his sister's death and he missed her so much that he didn't want to live anymore. That's where God was. And you should be grateful to God. He's the only reason that I didn't slit your throat especially after you told me you were you were leaving us to be with a family counselor and you had the nerve to lay in my bed next to me and act like nothing had ever happened where was god just because you you decided to check out and you decided to be a coward and you decided to cheat your way out of dealing with drina's death god was here and as a matter of fact, he's the reason.
forgiven, then I'm even able to forgive you. Forgive you for abandoning me. And forgive you for abandoning us. Abandoning our son. Right when we needed you the most. God was here. And that's why I'm able to forgive you and help you right now. You should be grateful for God. Drew and Sabrina just sit there, glaring at each other. Her eyes full of ferocity. Drew's full of remorse and shame. Everything she'd said stung deep. It was all true. He knows he should say something, but his pride, his pride won't let him. And Sabrina knows it too. So she stands up and begins to gather her things. You know what, Drew? Now is not the time for us to be arguing. I forgive you for not calling me, okay? I'm heading back to the office. I need to begin making requests for the findings from the detectives. Your suit will be dropped off later. Bree. What, Andrew? Thank you for being here. And for forgiving me. And especially for taking my case. I appreciate you. Well, you know, family comes first. I'll see you in the morning. Around this joint, it's around this joint. Around this joint, 